Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. with um, a guest who was recently featured on the Steve Harvey show. We'll talk to her about her career, uh, careers, I should put an S on that. She does multiple things. Afterwards, we will get into maybe a little discussion about the presidential election and some of the debates and whatever else may come to mind. Um, But, like I said, this is year number five. The Talk to Q radio show is in, in the fifth season. This is the season premiere, and it's been great for the first uh, half that uh, of, um, I guess, well, for the first five years that we've done, and uh, I've really enjoyed just all the people that I've interacted with on the show, my show legends, people on Twitter, Facebook, and the chat room, um, as well as, you know, just the 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 wonderful guests that I've had on. So hopefully we'll keep this thing moving. And as we start the fifth season of the show, we'll look forward to, you know, bigger and better things going forward. So but for those of you who may be new to the show or maybe haven't been here in a while, let me explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. 
This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, T2Q radio show number 574 starts after a word from our sponsors. This wild thing, and you tuned in to the hottest show on the globe, The Crystal Show. I might get your song played on the radio station. I might get your song played on the radio station. The Crystal Show is back with great new musical artist interviews, great author interviews, get crystallized celebrity buzz, and all of the funny, entertaining insights that you have grown to love about The Crystal Show. Let's not forget about our great segment from a pimp's perspective with Eminem himself. Stream the podcast that will air every Thursday and Saturday. Hit subscribe on thecrystalshow.com to stay up to date on the newest podcast. See you there, baby. He's been a guest on the show twice, and now he has something special for those of you out there who can't seem to get things right in your career or in your personal life, as if there's like a negative ceiling that's always over you. Wouldn't you love to be able to reset your mind and see things as never before? Well, Dr. Herman SJR has an online course for you. How to destroy your limiting vision and rewire your mindset with psychological strategy. A blueprint to thinking bigger, deeper, further, and wider using the power of interconnectivity for your business success. Now, Dr. Herman SJR is the father of psychological strategy. If you're a loyal T2Q listener, then you've heard him on my airways before, and you know he's the real deal. He's a global influencer, interdisciplinarian, and author whose works has received testimonials from all around the globe, from PhDs, entrepreneurs, consultants, and more. Your mind is a powerful force that can make your life easier or have the complete opposite effect on it. Now, unfortunately, most people have a negative mindset, and that helps to perpetuate failure. And no amount of effort can seem to help get past it. 
If you think that something is holding you back in the business world or in your personal life, then this course is what you need to help eliminate that limiting mental block so you can see things as you've never seen them before. Go to www.drhermansjr.com, www.drhermansjr.com, and learn how you can turn a negative into a positive with psychological strategy. All right, and my thanks to drhermansjr.com and thecrystalshow.com for being sponsors of tonight's Talk to Q radio show. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number. We'll go ahead and get to my guest. She is originally from Jackson, Mississippi, and I'll let you tell let her tell you about what she does. Let me go ahead and bring on Miss Kim Sweeney to the Talk to Q radio show. Kim, how's it going? I'm good. I am doing great, and I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. And uh, so, well, <laughs> <laughs> now I've already kind of teased the fact that you have two careers, and those who have read the pro- the promos and been to my website, they pretty much know what they are. But for those who just happen to tune in, they may not know. But let's start about uh, your day job. Uh, You are an attorney. Uh, What type of attorney are you, and when did you know that you wanted to be one? Well, um, I have my own law firm, and I practice bankruptcy, um, personal injury, and Social Security disability. I was practicing in the area of family law, but I decided in the new year that I was going to let that area go. And I really did not have any intentions on being an attorney. When I was in college, actually two of my professors told me that I would end up in law school. I was a marketing major, and I love uh, business ownership. I love uh, fashion design. I used to design my own clothes, so I thought I was going to go into, like, international marketing or advertising Mm -hmm. from a regional perspective. But um, they told me I was going to end up in law school, and literally four years after I graduated from college, I was like, you know, I do want to own my own business one day, and I just refuse to pay a lawyer to be the go-between. So I have enough time. I'm young. I'm going to go to law school myself and cut out the middle of me. Okay. Yeah. And now how long have you been practicing? I've been practicing. It will be, oh, goodness, coming up on four years this April. Okay. Great, great. Now, you actually implemented a, I guess what was a five-year plan to put yourself through law school, right? Can you share with everyone how you did it? Um, well, I knew um, at one point I was working at a call center for a telephone company down this way, and every day that I would go into this call center, I would see people that just hated me in there. They were obligated to this job. They already had families, and they already had kids or whatnot, and I would literally look out and see Mississippi College School of Law. So I made a decision one day to literally stand up from my cubicle and walk out on um, just being a call center rep. Um, I had attempted to prepare for the LSAT, and with mandatory overtime and, you know, not so much with flexible hours at their particular job, and I would set up um, interviews and, and 
meetings with my professors to get like my recommendation letters and things of that nature. And of course, businesses do not respect what you're trying to do for yourself. Right. So I literally walked off my job and decided that um, I was going to walk into law school debt free. And I also had a traumatic experience with my dad being diagnosed with a brain tumor. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, and he was self-employed. He was a contractor, so he was the breadwinner of the family. So he literally went from making six figures a year to being put on disability. And um, so I made a decision to start dancing, and I danced for five years. I paid off my parents' house, my car, um, a bunch of debt, and my first semester of law school, and that's how it began. Okay, and when you say dancing, you're talking about at a gentleman's club. Yes, yes, I was at uh, an exotic dancer. All right, so now did you have any reservations about the perception of pole dancing and how even though you were working your way through law school that it could potentially impact your day job as an attorney at some point? No, and the reason being is because pole fitness is obviously uh, different from being an exotic dancer in which that you're, there's no stripping involved at all. Um, with pole fitness, it's strictly focused on the, the stamina, the flexibility, the strength, the, the weight loss, the toning of the body, and uh, with an artistic twist to it. So it was something that I've always wanted to do in reference to fitness. I've always loved just dancing, period. I always loved staying fit. It was a way for me to cope with stress in regards to, you know, school and just working in general. So I've always had the mindset that I gave all my damns away when I was in second grade. So I'm going to do what make him happy. <laughs> and, you know, I can't please everybody, but I can please one body, and that's me. <laughs> so that's the attitude I've always had. Okay, okay. And uh, so, but... All right, so you did that, you did the dancing, but you actually had a plan to get out. A lot of people don't have um, that type of plan. What makes you different than everyone else who says that I'm putting my way through law school? Well, my plan was strictly this. I said if I was going to do it, I treated it like a business. I treated myself like a franchise, so what I did was, I sat down and um, I determined how many hours that, you know, I had to work at the club and what I wanted to make per hour. I set on set out on being the feature dancer, which is like, you know, basically the, the top girl at the club that I danced at. I did a uh -huh. lot of research on the clubs that I did dance at. And for my body type and my personality, I honestly did better at white clubs because I, I'm not a, a southern thick grit type girl. I look more like the <laughs> Barbie type, and you know, and hey, chocolate is everybody's number one craving. So of course, white right. men it. So um, and then I had you know the bubbly personality. I had no tattoos, no piercings or whatnot. So I just wasn't, I, I wasn't the typical dancer or stripper that you would you know normally equate with their lifestyle. Right. And I went in with a plan to work, you know, set aside so much money to pay off. I had uh, a plan of what I was going to pay off, how long it's going to take me to pay off, and also I had some play money as well. 
And I always kept a straight head. The only thing I would drink in the club was water. Like, I, I've never really been a drinker. Um, I mean, I could literally still drink a wine cooler and get tipsy. But I've always <laughs> drunk nothing but water in the club. And, and I would actually talk to other dancers and try to talk them into at least getting their GED because a lot of those girls, I mean, you meet so many people from different walks of life. I mean, you meet girls that, you know, literally they're strung out on drugs or, you know, they have kids and they feel like this is their only option. And, you know, and this is almost like the end of the road to them. And then you do meet some women that have a self-esteem issue and then now you're in a room full of people they're just looking at you and waiting on every move that you make. And, you know, it's a self-esteem boost as well. So, um, I, I mean, I, I had a contact contact with all different walks of life, and I think that's really helped me in practicing law because I have this no-judgment attitude. I'm very forthcoming and very open and down-to-earth. Okay, and I definitely kind of get that vibe from you too. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think it's great that you had a plan. I, I really do because you keep, you know, you hear people talk about what they want to do, but they never actually put anything on paper to really figure out what they, you know, what the next course of action is. And I got a couple of callers holding. I'll get to you in just a moment. And okay. can you tell us a little bit about the studio, um, the pole dancing studio that you have? You know, what's the name of it? The demographic? Um, you, you know, do you get all kinds of people there? What What is it like? Well, I'm actually, I'm an owner of the biggest studio here in Jackson, Mississippi, but I'm in the processes of um, a litigation with my partner. So now I have a boutique studio, which is called Pole Council. So I have went from owning 12 poles now to a more intimate setting of two poles in which I teach one-on-one private lessons that are pole-related, floorgasm, which is floor work, uh, twerk something. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> 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 and twerk something, which is my booty work and twerk class. And walk that walk because you'll be surprised how many women do not know how to walk in heels comfortably oh, and with confidence. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, I go through downtown Jackson sometime. They look like, you know, baby deer walking up and down the street. Yeah. <laughs> just stumbling. Poor things. Yeah, so I do do private lessons, and I also do mobile parties. I have a, a a pole that I can bring to your home or wherever venue that you want me to bring it to. I've actually uh, taught lessons outside before when the roof was not tall enough. So, um, But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and I tend to bring a lot of people um, out of their shell, and I'm now known as the uh, pole council since, I do uh, mentor and minister to local um, dancers that want to get out of that type of lifestyle, but they just mm-hmm. don't know how because, you know, the money is enticing. The, right. the lifestyle can be enticing as well. And um, especially if you have kids, it's not like you just can, you know, stop doing what you do because you still have other mouths to feed. It's just more than you. So I actually right. uh, mentor dancers that are trying to get out of their lifestyle to help them formulate a plan to um, get them on track. Okay, so they come to you for advice and, and maybe pole dancing tips as well, right? 
Yes, I mostly do the, the advice part because when it comes to pole <laughs> dancing, they just jump on it and do whatever they feel like doing. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, give them advice on, you know, what to look for, especially if they're talking about going to, you know, a, a new club. I mean, that lifestyle is a totally different world, and you can get caught up very quickly. Um, you will see some disturbing things. I mean, it, it is not all glamorous, you know. But um, you need to just keep a straight head, and you have to have a plan, and you have to be disciplined. No doubt. I can imagine. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. I'm speaking with attorney Kimberly Sweeney Esquire. Let me go to the phones, to the 517 area code outside the Motor City of Detroit, and welcome on Crystal. Crystal, how are you? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. Do you have a question for Ms. Sweeney? Yes. Hello, uh, Ms. Sweeney. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hi. Uh, I, uh, first of all, want to congratulate you on um, becoming an attorney and being able to um, be successful in your life. But my question is, I know you were you were talking about, you know, some of the the ways you were able to focus yourself um, from being a pole dancer and the differences between that and a stripper. So mm-hmm. what would you what would you say is the actual difference um, from you and some of the other girls that were dancers? Um, because on the, we know that a lot of times the dancers are are that way because they you know have dealt with some sort of sexual abuse in their life as a child. Do you feel that there were that and other things that made you different from them in, in order for you to come out of it? And and do you have tips for women who are trying to make it out of that lifestyle and, and even possibly do what you did as far as, you know, being successful? Okay, absolutely. That is a wonderful question. Um First, I want to address the the term different because I don't want that term to come off as um, I felt like I was in a better position or, you know, better than another dancer that may have been there for a different reason or that may have um, not had the vision that I had for myself, you know, that she, you know, did not have for herself. Um, In that lifestyle... And actually, one of my closest friends, um, they actually got into stripping because of um, a lack of a relationship with their father. Um, You know, they either had a a father that was abusive or a, a father that was like a substance abusive and, you know, they took it out on the family. Um, self esteem issues. Um, Yes, for some reasons, you know, like domestic violence situations, sexual assault. And a lot of women I saw were actually just, they saw it as their last resort. You know, they they had kids. They see that it's easy money, but the money is not as easy as what you think it is. Uh, for me, when I danced, I never just strictly danced. I always had to have a job along with dancing. 
because I don't want to. I didn't ever want to feel make it myself feel like I had to do this to pay a bill. Because when you put yourself in that situation, when you're not disciplined enough to say, okay, I need to work these many days because I need to pay off this certain amount to maintain through the month, you get in trouble. A lot of girls will get in trouble with, okay, I got this bill due tomorrow. I got to go to the club tonight. And they're willing to do whatever to get that paid off. Um, so the tips I would have were first to actually get a support system. A lot of it is who you hang around. And I could say that my circle has uh, drastically changed. I do still keep in touch with some of the girls that I used to dance with just to see how they're doing. Um, they definitely keep in touch with me when they need some legal advice because some of them, you know, still are doing what they do. But um, a lot of times it is your support system. You have to find um, a, a friend, um, of course, God first, and, and that's very important. I mean, like, there are dancers, like I said, I have a real close friend that pray before they actually go out there on stage. So don't think because they're in that type of environment or they have chosen it as their career path that they are not, in fact, you know, trying to strengthen their walk with God and their relationship with God. So, uh, But that's very important to have a strong support system and, and somebody around you that is positive and, and willing to point you in the, in the right direction. No, I totally agree. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks for that, Crystal. And I think that's that's very good sound advice that you you, you gave there, Kim. And um, I, I I mean I, I guess when you think about um, dance clubs, you do think about people who may have coming come be coming from broken homes or kind of messed up situations and everything. But that doesn't mean that they have to stay in those situations. I mean, a lot of them have the financial opportunities in front of them to do bigger things they just need someone to tell them how so i think it's great that mm -hmm. you offer that to some people and that some of them are smart enough to recognize that you know how just you know by seeing how you're living and let me go to the 850 area code the emerald coastline of pensacola florida and bring on buck buck what's happening man what up what up glad to have miss sweetie on tonight hey how you doing buck Great. Uh, my question, question was, my question is, um, how, why did you um, get out of the family law um, in your with your firm? What was the uh, decision to change from that that style of uh, practice? Ooh, very good question. Uh, that has many different answers. <laughs> Family law, uh, for those that may not be familiar with it, um, primarily deals with divorce, child custody, and child support. And um, honestly, I often would meet with clients that that are in situations that could have been avoided. Um, they're trying to seek legal help for vindictive reasons, 
to, you know, hurt the other person, not considering the children that are involved. Um, mm-hmm. And people do not understand it. It is an ongoing process. There is mm-hmm. no finality when it comes to here in Mississippi is chancery court. That's where you practice uh, family law matters. So when it comes mm-hmm. to child support and child custody, that can change from year to year, depending on, you know, if somebody files a modification or if something happens and the situation or the person that the child is with um, is no longer in the best interest of the child. And people just fail to realize that. They fail to see. One of the most heartbreaking things to me is child support, how people just bicker over child support and Folks fail to realize if you sit back and count up or calculate how much it takes for you to live, you know, on a monthly basis, and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't even want to give $200 a month for child support. Who can live off of $200? They're worried about what the mother is going to do with that money or, you know, in some cases what the father is going to do with that money. And it's Mm -hmm. just... it's um it's sad because I mean you see the children and they're just caught up in the middle of all of this and people just giving up on marriages for the silliest things. I mean things that were not even addressed before they got married. People just assume that oh this person is gonna take on this role. This piece of paper is gonna transform into <laughs> you know some type of household. You know and it's just. It's crazy and it's draining, and it got to the point I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just going to make me give up on love and kids, and I just I can't do it to myself anymore. Like, if I don't have the passion to do something, I just refuse to do it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And a lot, of pe- a lot of people just didn't, you know, I figured family law was, you know, is bad because I haven't had to deal with it in my divorce, but, you know, yeah. things are pretty cool where I, where I don't have to worry about it too much right now. It was just bad in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's good to hear it from a from your perspective because you can you know you put your you know you tell people exactly how it is and maybe what you just said may help some others out there to really make them think about some things because I mean it is crucial. Um, it is. It is. And I often have to tell like I, I meet a lot of women that are just so vindictive when it comes to kids and. You know, they, they're quick to say they want to terminate the, the parental rights of, you know, the the child's father. And I have to explain to them, y'all two may not get along, but for the best interest of their child, the child needs to have the presence of the mother and the father. I'm sorry. I'm one of the ones that believe that, you know, it's best for the child to have the presence of both sexes in their life, the mother right. and the father. And yeah. um, and despite of how y'all feel, you know, about each other, don't take that out on that child. Let that child decide whether or not they want to deal, you know, with the, you know, the, fa- the father or the mother. A lot of times yeah. the mother wants to make that decision for the child because it's a personal issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Buck. 
And uh, you're right, Cam. I mean, parenting is supposed to be a tag team sport. It's a lot easier that way. And so, all right, Cam, so now, um, you know, you have a great education. You know, you're very intelligent. Um, You have the fitness part down because you're in great shape because you're a pole dance instructor. And you have the the sexy down because, you know, you you, you understand fantasy and then, you know, you kind of have that mindset. And I know every woman hates to hear this question, but Kim, why are you single? Why are you single? (laughs) What was the question? (laughs) Why in the world are you single? Ooh. Ah. <laughs> I I have this saying now. Uh, my saying for 2016 is that I'm on my Michelle Obama mixed with Rihanna, good girl with bad habits without the drama. And can't nobody deal with it. <laughs> Just like one of my, my best friend guy, me and this guy been best friend for 14 years. He told me, he was like, Kim, you are the fantasy chick of every guy, but you are a scary reality, which means <laughs> guys don't know what the hell to do. Like, guys fantasize about a girl like me, but then you actually exist, and, you know, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I'm single. Well, first and foremost, I think I'm single is because um, I needed to find out some more stuff about myself. Um, I'm the baby of my family. My mom and dad have been married 54 years, and wow, oh yeah, they're still insanely like crazy about each other, and That's they're right. very and, and laid back. And I'm always taking them on vacation, and you know, listening and laughing with them. And um, and I just had to find out some things about myself. Uh, when I decided that I wanted to uh, be married, my mom looked in my face and was like, Kim, you are not wife material yet. I'm like, God, wow, mama, like, really? Wow. From really? your mom? <laughs> mama told me. Mama was like, baby, you ain't been married. No way. And you know when your mama say that, ooh, yeah. you know. Okay, so I took that to heart, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to find out what she meant. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told that to me, what, uh, two, three years ago? And mm-hmm. I see what she means. So I've been working on myself. And um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I've uh, been single is because I needed that time. Did I want to be single? No. But that's what I needed to be to uh, work on myself, and um, and I'm at that point that I am ready. Um, another reason why I'm single is the, despite what you saw on the Steve Harvey show, because I am a fantastic actress. <laughs> I am, I am, uh, I'm very eclectic. Like I seriously think I was a. a superhero in another life because it's absolutely <laughs> nothing that I would not try that is, you know, as long as it's legal and it's not going to uh-huh. harm, you know, 
I kill everything that I do. And most guys, they can't deal with it. Like, uh, for instance, playing pool. I used to hustle pool when I was a teenager, like playing for $20 a ball. I was on a pool league before. And when I turned roughly 45, I said, I'm going to try to play pool, you know, professionally. And... You know, that, that bruises a lot of guys' ego. I used to play basketball, and um, I, I look like a cheerleader now playing basketball. But I can still shoot, though. I'm a damn right. good shooter. <laughs> so, you know, guys are like, dang, you are a little tall boy. You know, I get out in the yard and throw a football. You know, I can go to the game. I go to NFL games, and I actually know what's going on, NBA games. Uh-huh. Um, um, You know, I'm very competitive, but then I'm laid back, and – like, I don't cause any trouble or drama. And honestly, guys are used to drama. They are uh, used to females that nag and call them all the time and complain. And I was just a female. Um, when I had a a, a boyfriend at uh, my Etsy stays in Houston, and if he told me he was going out with the boys, Hell, okay, go. But he'll be texting me. Why he out? And I'm like, I thought you were to be kicking it with your dude. Like, why are you texting me? And then, you know, he was like, okay, we about to go to the strip club. I'm like, okay, do you have enough money to tip? Don't be up in there looking at them girls and not tipping. Like, I'm that chick, you know. I would go to the, the strip club with him and his boys, and I'd be the one on stage throwing money. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Like, just said laid back. You know, I don't, if there's an issue, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get over it. If it's not an issue, I'm not about to create one. And guys find that very disturbing and very scary that they don't have an argument with me. You know I don't believe any of that, right? Oh, why not? (laughs) Oh, I can give you so many examples. No, but it sounds too good to be true, Kim. It sounds too good to be true. Exactly. It does. But guess what? Like, it is true. Because, I mean, come on. I'm not, I'm a grown woman. I don't have any kids. I don't want a man I'm going to have to supervise. I'm not about to go through your phone. I'm not about to ask for your password. Because I'm too busy running my businesses, making my money, sliding down this road. Okay, I hear you patting on the desk. So she's getting serious. But all right, so let me let me ask you this: because we've talked we've talked prior to the show, so you know that I don't beat around the bush. Are you superficial? Oh no, not at all, not at all. And um, matter of fact, I can give you an example of that. Um. Okay, since appearing on the Steve Harvey show, of course, a lot of guys have uh, come out the woodwork. Yeah. You know, um, trying to convince me that they're the one of, you know, for whatever reason. And uh, one guy, he actually drove two hours to take me out on the date or whatnot. Okay, that shows effort. Yeah, but but let me tell you about Homeboy, though. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Okay. Uh. Homeboy was, um, he was younger than me, 29. I always attract the young ones, and mm-mm, I can't deal with you under 35. I mean, because I'm just in a totally different space right about now. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, age don't always dictate maturity, so, okay. True. Didn't shoot him down because of that. He was a convicted felon. 
okay. He told me the circumstances behind it, and mind you, I'm like, there are a lot of wrongfully convicted people. I understand it. Mm-hmm. And what he was convicted of was a nonviolent crime. So I do okay. take into consideration, you know, things like that. It was not automatic you know, no for that or whatever. Then plus he was forthcoming with that information. Respect the dude for that. Uh-huh. He owns his own business. Much okay. respect for that. Me, I think I would have to um, be with somebody that's an entrepreneur to understand the type of hustle that I have about me. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, the flexibility of my lifestyle because most people that work for others, they have to maintain a certain image. You know, when when you get a job with somebody else, you have to give them the perspective that they're used to seeing. When right. you work for yourself, you don't. You know, so because um, you have to make everybody in the other in the company comfortable with you. Me, I right. don't have to be comfortable with myself. You know, when I'm not feeling myself, I would literally stay at home. <laughs> that's that's what I do. But right. okay, had his own business. Okay, cool. Here are the two deal breakers right here. He has a house, but guess who's on the mortgage with him? His ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. And then what further complicated that problem, he's telling, and and I, I am a lover of cars. I'm not talking about, like, Bentleys and Aston Martins and stuff. I'm talking about car shows, you know, old vintage cars, you right. know, the ones that have been pimped out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like going to car shows. That's how me and my daddy bond so much. I used to actually race, street race, and it, that, that was in another life, though. Oh, Lord, what have you not I, I, oh, I had an uh, interest in 20s now. My, my 20s were interesting. <laughs> but... <laughs> And he was telling me about this Camaro that he, you know, getting or whatever, um, that was being custom made out there in Dallas. And I'm like, oh, yeah, for real? And, you know, okay, he's showing me a picture of the car. I'm like, man, yeah, that thing tight and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking this brother has bought the car to get all the custom made things put on it. You know what I'm saying? That would make sense. No. This brother has not bought the car, has gotten all this stuff put on the car, and do you know how much his car note is going to be a month? How much? A thousand dollars. And that's not including the insurance. So what he thought was like, yeah, I'm showing her that I got paper. That registered to me as, damn, you irresponsible. Why not take that money and get out of your situation with this female in this house mm-hmm. while you're trying to stunt with this car? Like, I'd right. rather talk to a dude that has a paid-off 2005 Mustang as opposed to a dude that has a, a 2017 freaking Mercedes, and he's paying $900 a month, and, and, you know, he can't manage his money. Like, financial irresponsibility to me is a deal breaker. So I don't need a man with money. I need a man to know how to manage what he has. Okay. That makes sense. And then another thing, you know, guys assume because I'm an attorney 
did I want to talk to another attorney or another white-collar dude that can be far from the truth. Um, most guys assume that I like expensive things. I can't, if I have one more guy to promise to buy me a Michael Kors purse, <laughs> I am going to scream. I can't stand designer purses. I'm a vintage store shopper. Like, I have my own style. And guys, they don't get to know me. They go by what they assume based on based what I Based on do. others. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. And mm-hmm. I have another call, and I'll get to him in just a moment. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned the Steve Harvey Show. All of the, I guess, dating woes <laughs> led to you appearing on the oh. Steve Harvey Show. Um, yeah. Now, first of all, you submitted one of the most entertaining audition videos I've ever seen, so that that was hilarious. <laughs> Shout out to you for that. Yeah. Uh, but tell us about your experience experience on the Steve Harvey Show. Oh, my God. That was the most fun. Like, they kept me up there a week, really. Mm-hmm. December, December the 5th, and I think I got back here on, like, the 11th or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulled out all the stops. I mean, his staff is absolutely wonderful and so genuine, and they have a lot of ties with Mississippi. And, I mean, to this day, we still email and stuff. They're really about helping people up there. They really are. So they want to, you know, hear from you, want to know, you know, what's going on with you. Um, I love Chicago, and, and during the time I was there, it was unseasonably warm because I hate cold weather, but I was able to walk the streets and stuff and, you know, uh, took a couple of Ubers to different places. Mm-hmm. And I was so off my uh, my um, eating plan up there. Oh, my gosh. I had all kind of hot dogs and stuff. But I was working <laughs> out, though. <laughs> I was working out. And, there you go. Balance it out. Yeah, yeah, I was doing pole tricks in downtown Chicago on stop signs and stuff, and folks were like, "Okay, yeah, you know, I had to had to cut loose for a minute." And um, I, I mean, I loved it. It was it was absolutely wonderful. Like uh, the 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 experience itself was cool, and Steve is cool. He is like really genuine. They cut out a lot of stuff he said to me. He was cussing at me like, <laughs> he said, I'm the absolutely worst case he has ever seen. <laughs> but, I mean, it was all in good fun. Like, I had to, you know, people that know me and, you know, people that, you know, just really just act for the truth. I had to tell uh-huh. them, look, those dates took anywhere from four to five hours apiece. Oh wow! A lot of that, yeah, they would put us together, then separate us, and tell me what they wanted to see from me, what they wanted me to do. You know, they wanted me to, you know, just really be outrageous and stuff. And the guy's reaction was somewhat authentic because they wanted to capture, like, you know, okay, how would they react to, you know, this girl is just about to sit on your lap or whatever, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, a lot. It was scripted, like. I wouldn't do that stuff like in public on a first date. No, not at all. But it was a lot of fun, and I'm a natural at just, you know, being flamboyant. And and I just, my pole personality, which is the entertainer, a.k.a. the experience, I got a chance to bring her out in the open, and it was fun. Okay. 
right. Yeah. Well, it looked like you were having a good time. So, uh, oh, yeah. Let me go to the 601 area code, the Magnolia State of Mississippi. Oh, 601. And bring on my boy Eminem. Eminem, what's happening, man? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? And you have a question for Miss Sweeney? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got a uh, question. I mean, how many times you work out a week? Oh, goodness. Um, Probably three to five times a week. Okay. You do uh, mostly cardio or uh, calisthenics or what? Um, I do cardio, depending on how the weather is, and you know how it can be down here in Mississippi. I like to right, run. Right. So um, I did get a chance to get a run in last week or whatnot, but I had some early court cases this week, so I haven't been able to do it yet. But uh, And I have a pole at my place, so of course I'm always on the pole. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, so... And um, I'm not sure if you were um, familiar with Parallel Fitness over there with uh, Robert and Richard Daniel. They do the circuit training with the flipping of the um, the tractor tires. and. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, I went hard over there. That's what I did, uh, flipping tires. And uh, I, was, I was, I don't know if you ever been there, but I would always climb the rope and turn upside down and do crazy stuff in the air. No, I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't been there yet, but uh, you know, I, I heard some, some, some. Uh, you know, quite a few people talking about it. Uh, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're some of the challenges. Yeah. 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 So, uh, do you do any martial arts? You into that any? No, I have not done any mar- uh, martial arts. Um, I was thinking about um, checking out the guy that um, I actually had the first date with on the Steve Harvey show. He's from Jackson, uh, Marsha Thompson. He has, um, I think, like a, a, a martial art, like fitness facility. And I had considered uh, doing something over there. But um, no, I haven't considered you know, doing it very soon mm-hmm. because, I mean, of course, the, the pole is, is more interesting. The, my oh, next, yeah. yeah <laughs> my, <laughs> my next venture is um, Ariel, which is the um, the silk, like you see at the Circus Olay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like, univer- uh, uh-huh. like with the Universal Circus and shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I have a homegirl that has a, a studio on the coast, and I'm one of her um, guest instructors, and she just got some silks in, and she texted me a picture of them. So, yeah, I'm about to get on those, too, or whatever. But I just randomly flip up on stuff when I feel like it. I'm always working out doing something crazy. So, so uh, are you uh, – do you – are you going to officially do something here in the city? Like, you know, just an act or something where people can come, <laughs> you know, pay and see you? Well, I perform it. Oh, you so much, sir. Um, I, we've had a lot of showcases at Taboo, uh, which is my old studio that I, uh, I own, Taboo Dance and Fitness. We had Polar Wing. We had Moulin Rouge. Um, you can actually go on YouTube and um, look up Taboo Dance and Fitness. Uh-huh. And see a ton of our uh, promo videos, so you are late. <laughs> but uh, I thought I, I can't remember though. But uh-huh. uh, was you like on Midday Mississippi, like maybe yes. two weeks or something? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That was me. Now see, now see, like 
I'm trying to give some of these dudes out here some tips. See, that's how you, you know, you got to, you know, you got to, you see what you want, you got to keep up with it. But, uh, uh, <laughs> what you, what you trying to say, Eminem? What you? <laughs> nah, I was talking about this, this nigga that got his, uh, his baby mom on his lease and all this shit. I'm just saying, he got to, you know. <laughs> No, indeed. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. I, I just you feel know. like those, those type right there, they're not going to learn. They're just going to keep on bouncing from one to another that's going to accept it. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty and much. Like I say, you know, I, I definitely respect any entrepreneur. I mean, um, I was an entrepreneur, you know, at, at one time in the past, and, you know, I loved it, but uh, <laughs> had to retire, you know. Uh, but, uh
you know, his boys like, okay, you know, let's go, you know, catch a couple of beers. He's like, okay, I have one with you, but, you know, I, I got to get to this house. I'm ready to go home, you know. So uh, just to answer your question, you made time for what you want to make time for. I agree. Yeah. Okay. And on top of the difficulty of just finding suitable men to date, you're mm-hmm. also practicing abstinence. How does that factor into the dating? Oh, wow. It is It's not difficult for me at all because <laughs> literally it <laughs> seriously, um when you start trying to get to know a person and unfortunately you find people that don't know themselves and don't know how to hold a conversation and that have, you know, that has not evolved past a certain point, it's not yeah. a time. Like, I literally have men sending me pictures of their chest and their penis, and I'm like, why? This this is not turning me on at all. Like, it works for the thirsty chicks. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so for me, it's not difficult at all to practice abstinence because I'm at a point that intimacy matters. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's more than a, a physical connection. Like you literally have to have me intrigued mentally and and with your conversation. And I need to see some action. You know, don't tell me what you want to do. What are you doing to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, but from the guy's perspective, I have had guys that um you know, were very interested in healing me a lot on the date. And when that subject matter came up and I was up front with them, I didn't hear from them anymore. Um, I have had guys to, you know, literally tell me, well, you you going to change your mind. No. <laughs> you know, their, their focus was to change my mind on the subject rather than trying to get to know me. Right. So uh, it, it, it's it's interesting. It, it is interesting to, uh, you know, from their perspective of being abstinent. And I've done it before. The the last relationship I was in ended last September, hence the, the me going on the Steve Harvey show because that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And before I was with him, I said I was going to be abstinent until I um, got into a serious relationship. So that lasted a year and a half until literally I signed up with a matchmaker that's here in Mississippi because I was like, apparently who how I'm meeting people and who I'm meeting is, is not the business, so let me go about this another route. And she matched me with a guy, and, um, and we ended up um, being with each other 11 months. Okay, and, and, sure. Yeah, so when that ended, like when I say it ended out the blue, we had plans on getting married and everything. When wow. that just totally ended, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lock it down until I get married. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, they can't do anything but respect this. So I understand you completely. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, that that's what keeps them focused. So, yeah, and yeah. it also lets you know, lets you realize who may really actually care for you and who uh, just wants a showpiece. So, yeah. um, I, 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 I can I understand like that completely. 
And I feel like if you're marriage mind, I mean, if you come into a situation knowing that you want to be a husband, knowing what you're looking for in a wife, it shouldn't take that long to make that decision. So mm-hmm. when people, if you're looking at it from a perspective, oh, man, that's like two or three years and stuff. No, not if you know what you want. It doesn't take me two or three years to get to know somebody. Like, from that one date with the guy that I, you know, I gave you an example about, the one that came from two hours, mm-hmm. I know that he was not husband material. You're spending $1,000 on a car a month, and you have a house with an ex-girlfriend. No, you're not, yeah. you know, preparing yourself to be a husband. His drive down probably took longer than your decision. Exactly. He brought his little doggy, though. The little doggy was cute. I would have kept him. What kind of dog? It was like a little, uh, what was it, like a little, uh, what was the little doggy? I don't know. He was a little miniature something. He was a little miniature dog? Okay, that was his <laughs> woman's dog. <laughs> Probably so. Right. So, well, all right, Kim, let's see. Single, an attorney, mm-hmm. pole dance, fitness instructor, yep. likes sports, plays yep. pool. Yeah. Tips at the strip club. Or yep. Tells her man to strip it. Tip if he doesn't go. I'm putting it out there for you, fellas. <laughs> I, I don't know what's wrong. Well, you know what? I I, I guess I, I live in I live in the Jackson area. I know what's wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I know how guys in Jackson can be. I mean, oh, things yeah. come too easily to a lot of guys. So you know, no one wants to put forth an effort to do anything. So I. I, I kind of understand the plight that some women go through. All right. And then you have, you know, like I said, some women who make it too easy. And so it's it's, it's kind of difficult to find someone who's looking for what you're looking for. But I get that. And um, I understand it completely. So, um, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, interesting location. <laughs> so it is. But, I mean, but, you know, Jackson – First of all, as far as the city itself, and I know people, I have listeners from all over the world, and mm-hmm. people in the United States have heard a lot of things about Mississippi. And so, you know, no, it's not, you know, we don't have dirt roads in Jackson. We have running water and things of that nature. Jackson is <laughs> a city like every other city. Um, but it is a down-to-earth type of place. It's a great place, um, at least the outskirts of Jackson, a great place to have a family and um you know, kind of just be settled. It's not a very fast-moving city by any means. But the people here, I don't know. I I look at Jackson as like a bandwagon city. People kind of do what they see others do. Mm-hmm. And if there's a bad example that's being set when it comes to relationship and relationships, and everyone's going to do it. And, uh, and a lot of guys, including guys that I know, um, just don't seem to have their priorities when it comes to women. And nope. some of them, because it, a lot of those guys, it comes to them very easily so they don't have to try. Well, some others, they're just flat out lazy and, you know, just don't want to do better. But so, but I'm pretty sure people have a story like that all over the country. Anybody who's single has a story like that all over the country. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But all right, Kim, where can people get information on your law firm and on the studio? I mean, how can they keep up with you? And also, you're going to be back on Steve Harvey's show, aren't you? 
Yes, they um, actually contacted me last week, the, uh, one of the producers that's going to be over the update mm-hmm. um, show. And um, I think I find out tomorrow. She's going to give me a call back on um, tomorrow. So they already want to do an update on me. <laughs> to see what has happened since January. Okay. So I definitely made an impression. <laughs> you definitely did. It was very interesting. Yeah, that's what I set out to do. I mean, I don't have step on anything that I do. Okay. You said you kill it every time. So, every so where, time. Can, where can people find information on your, your law firm or your studio? Oh, of course, social media. You can go to Facebook and um, look up the law office of Kimberly S. Sweeney, PLLC. That is the Facebook page for my law firm. Poll Council is the Facebook page for my uh, polling business, my private um, lessons and parties. Um, actually, one of the guys that I went out on a date with in uh, Chicago, which I guess y'all will find out about the one that I connected with later on when y'all tune in to the update, has developed a website for me, um, com. Also on Instagram, Poll Council, and my personal Instagram is Sweeney, S-W-E-E-N-E-Y, Free Focus, all together. Free Focus? Refocus. Refocus. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to check you out on IG. Okay. okay. So the law offices of Kimberly S. Sweeney, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. On Facebook, you also have Poll Council. That's on Facebook. Pollcouncil.com, the website. Yep. And on IG, either Poll Council or Sweeney Refocus. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kimberly, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Definitely an interesting, interesting young lady, and I hope to have you back on the show sometime in the future to talk okay. about whatever. And um, I'll definitely be in touch. We have to do um, – Baba Lou's for happy hour or something one day down in Fondry. My spot is bad. When I walk up in there, they already know who I am. <laughs> I just went for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I like the vibe Are there. Serious? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just yeah. really started doing the happy hour scene. I um, just to do something different. Uh, I'm yeah. not much of a drinker, so um, it's. I'm not either, but like their guacamole is like awesome. Okay, okay. I haven't really tried the food yet, but I just had a couple of Four Roses bourbon. So See there? I'm not going to ask you what you were really doing there. I don't even I know. Was, I was hanging out. It was an off day. I was hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's all I was doing at the bar with my with, with a couple of my coworkers. So. Uh-huh. That's your story and you're going to stick to it? That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Okay, until it all unravels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining the show, and um, like I said, I'll be in touch. Okay, thank you for having me. You take care. You too. All right. All right, everyone, that is attorney Kimberly Sweeney, and um, I appreciate her taking time from her schedule to join the show. It was a lot of fun talking to her. Um, 
And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net, and you're listening to the Talk to You radio show, No Experts, Just Opinions. foreign dignitaries. And that's where he falls short. I mean, 
let's not get twisted on this. Also, we know that Obama didn't know everything coming into the, you know, coming into the presidency. So he's going to have to have the right kind of counsel, uh, right, get, you know, right kind of, you know, counsel to kind of help him get those things accomplished. Because you're going to have to have people that know something, that's been there, done that, to help him make plausible decisions. And, you know, with the way Trump, Trump doing things right now, and you know the way he's saying things, it just it just don't look too good for us. You know, we I think if he uh, is president, I think we're gonna get bombed. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, you know, and a lot of people need to start looking at that. You know, when people like Cruz and Rubio, and some, you know, and when other people that run are now. In the, on the Republican side, are now trying to form something to try to slow him down so he can't get the nomination. That ought to tell some of these people that's vote, voting out here, you need to start looking at what's really going on. So I think that's what we know. I know they vote here tomorrow in Pennsylvania, in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that, I'm quite sure that Hillary Clinton and, and Trump are going to probably win here too. Um, but we really need to start looking at the grassroots of this thing because if he does win, then I'm just going to be honest with you. I really think that Hillary will be the next president of the United States, simply because, you know, right now the Republican side and the reason why they're going to Trump, because really there was, there was like, what, 12, 15 candidates on the Republican side? So it's really kind of hard to see. And Trump is not the best one. So, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do, but we'll, you know, right now it looks like Trump got the momentum and he's gonna fool around and get this nomination. But he got to get uh, how many uh, electoral votes he got to have? I think it's like 115, 112, some shit like that. Well, I mean, you have all these different delegates, and I don't know what the magic number is. Yeah. And I think think it's one one twelve or one fifteen somewhere in there. A thousand something, wasn't it? Or are you talking super uh, delegates? I, I get it all confused. And yeah, Chris, you want to look that up while we talk? I think you want to look that up while we're talking about it. But um, I can't. I think that I want to say it's 115 delegates. What he got to get to, to get the nomination. So look that up. But all right, um, Crystal. Hey, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm here. All right, I'm cool. listening. And um, what's your take? It says to to win the nomination, 1,237 delegates. Uh, the delegates need to be won uh, to win the Republican nomination. Right now, Trump has 428, and Hillary needs 2,383, and she has 1,160. So she has more than – she's doubled Bernie Sanders, and Trump has about 113 delegate lead on Ted Cruz. But Crystal, uh, Donald Trump, I believe he won Michigan. And, uh, I mean, I think one of the upsides to Donald Trump, and that sounds funny to some people, but he's not part of the establishment. I mean, isn't that a good thing? The best thing about Donald Trump is is that if and when, and I do believe he will win the um, Republican <clears throat> primary to be nominated as the front runner. Um, is that he will lose <laughs> and that um, people will vote for Hillary 
because Hillary is going to win, of course. She's really the only one in contending and um, Democratic. But she will win, and so she will win because of a couple of reasons. One, because there are many people who are behind her. Many people do not know who the hell Bernie Sanders is and the things that they're learning. Yeah. They're learning sporadically, and they're not really liking what they're learning the deeper they go. Secondly is the fact that those who are a Republican or kind of middle-of-the-fence Democrat, by comparison, (laughs) are going to say, okay, well, maybe I don't like Hillary, but maybe I don't like Donald Trump, but at least, God damn it, Hillary is a real person, is a real candidate, and not a showpiece. So to me, the best thing that could ever happen to Hillary is for Donald Trump to win the uh, Republican Party nomination. Okay. So thank you, Donald Trump. Mm. And it may play out that way. And um, I, I, I look at Trump and I look at the debates, and the debates on the Republican side are are, are stupid. Um, you know, talking about penis size, and they're not talking no, about yeah, anything I, related to yeah, and they're not talking about anything related to real any real um, issues that may concern minorities, um, aside from keeping them out with a wall. Um, and so, I, I just think that it's I don't know. I, I've watched a majority of these debates. I may have missed one or two on either side, and I'm not thrilled with everyone. But, I mean, I I do like Bernie Sanders because, for one, he answers questions directly, which is awesome. A lot of times they ask a question, he'll answer yes or no, and then he'll give his reason rather than all these talking points that that Hillary likes to hit on. However, I think we all know that Bernie's not going to win, even though he would be different. But something he said in the debate on um, this weekend when they were in Flint, Michigan, Crystal, I'll go back to you for a second. Bernie Sanders said that, and I quote, uh, when he was asked about racial blind spots and what some things that white people don't understand about black people, he said, and I quote, when you're white, you don't know what it's like to be living in the ghetto, end quote. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Should he really be kind of taking the task for making that statement, or is that just one of the racial blind spots that people are referring to? Look, first of all, that was a stupid-ass statement to say because there are plenty of white people who do know what the ghetto is. Now, the word term ghetto just simply means that you're living in a very poor area, okay, full of crime and, and, you know, and dysfunction. It does not mean black people, you know. So the fact that he said that means that he is literally out of touch with what's really going on. He's just saying a bunch of sound bites, or maybe he doesn't. And, and the problem with that is is that people have, some blacks or whatever, have made Bernie Sanders to be some sort of pillar of the black community because, what, he, walked, he you know marched in Washington? Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing is, is that for him to make that statement does on both sides, white, black, Latino, whatever, it lets you know you don't understand the differences between racial issues and economic issues 
when it comes to people who are poor. There are plenty of people who are poor who are not black. It's not a black thing. It's an American thing. There is a, 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 a huge divide between middle class, lower class, poverty, and then the mega rich. There, I mean, the, the divide is ridiculous. So to make that statement does offend a lot of people, okay, a lot of people. Because, first of all, there is no middle class anymore. There really isn't. There used to be, but it's not anymore. You're either lower middle class, which is borderline poverty, or you're doing pretty goddamn well. You're like borderline affluent or rich. There is no more middle class. So that's, that's why it offended people. Yeah, and I I agree, and from what I understand, one of the European definitions for a ghetto um, related to a place where Jews stayed, and with him being a Jewish guy, I also think he kind of missed the boat by just insinuating that all black people live in a ghetto. But, Buck, how do you feel about it, man? Should he really be held to task for his statement about whites don't understand what it's like to live in a ghetto uh, was it an honest mistake, or is it just one of those things where the media is like, gotcha, now we're going to run it in the ground? And deserve it uh, so, man. Probably. Yeah, I, I would think it'd be a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, simply because, I mean, a lot of times, <laughs> people that say these things, they really meant to say it, and then on the backside of it, you know, they try, you know, they got to turn around, you know, they're going to they gonna say it to see if they can get away with it. And, see, and then, you know, Sometimes they just say it just to get their ass in the news because, you know, they're not relevant anymore, you know. So, you know, you got to kind of, you know, you got to look at these kind of things with a grain of salt. Now, does it piss people off? Why, certainly. I mean, and it it is offensive, for, you know, to be talking like that. But at the same time, you know, some of this stuff, we just got to let it roll off our backs because, I mean, if we get too too wound up about this kind of stuff, it takes your focus off of what you're trying to accomplish. And really – some people just got too much damn time on their hands. So they ain't got, you know, they ain't relevant no more. They ain't going to say something just to get their ass in the news. And that's really what it's all, you know, really, you know, that it may, it may be positive, it may be negative, or it may be a little bit of both. It may even put a little bit of money in their pocket. That's the reason why some of these jokes get out here and say some of that stuff. And we kind of look at it like that. That ain't be a little bit easier. Okay. And uh, I hated that he said it because I think it really hurt any momentum that he may have had. Um, it wasn't a very smart statement, and uh, it just it really set him back. It really set him back. And you could almost see the glow in Hillary's face after he said it, like, you know, oh, man, like, I got you now. So uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, if you ask me, I think that uh, Hillary is in charge, and... You know, it's more than likely going to be her and Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not quite out of the, the woods yet. I mean, Ted Cruz is still within a reasonable striking distance, but he's had to find some momentum somewhere. And he's not going to get any momentum until Kasich and Rubio maybe drop out. But I don't really see that happening because Kasich and Rubio are hanging around to keep Donald from getting even more delegates. So they're kind of there to dilute Donald, but they may be hurting Cruz in the process. So I'm not sure what you do there. But, uh, you know, we'll keep, you know, I'll keep following it and we'll see what's going on because they have a lot of way, a long way to go to get these delegates, which 
I don't quite understand how all these delegates work and everything. It seems like it's just another way for them to mathematically screw people out of uh, the popular vote. But we'll see how it goes. All right. So let me get ready to wrap things up. Um, I appreciate you all hanging out for the interview. Like I said, she was very interesting and she was naming all the good qualities about her and I'm trying not to scream at her that I'm single, I'm single, but you know, I'm trying to be professional, you know, be a radio talk show host. Ain't that right, Crystal? You know how that goes. Yeah, whatever, man. You just did it though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hush, Crystal. Okay, so we'll go ahead and wrap things up and you can give your final thoughts. Tomorrow we have uh, zone coverage. So that's going to be tomorrow. We'll talk about NFL free agency, a lot of stuff going on. Sad day in Detroit with Calvin Johnson retiring. Um, it just seemed like these great players just love to retire in Detroit while they still have some years left. I don't know what y'all do to them, Crystal, but it's like the city just sucks the life out of them. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. And then well, next I won't week. I will talk about it, so I hope maybe I'll mention it in my closing. <laughs> And uh, next week I am going to be off, so the live show is not going to be available next week. However, there will be some podcasts coming next week. Um, Let's see, I have a podcast that's going to drop on, well, actually I have one that's going to drop this week of Miss Crystal Hickerson. I discussed a book with her, The Volunteer, so that's going to be Thursday. And I have a podcast on Sunday. Um, interview an author named T.D. King, and then on next week, I have a podcast on the 15th with more details to come. That's going to be something that we're doing for Women's History Month, so just go to TalkToQ.com and get more information on that um, as the details unfold. And Crystal, go ahead with your final thoughts, please. Okay, well, the show as usual. Um, first of all, I just wanted to speak about the, you know, kind of reiterate what um, Sweeney was talking about regarding men and uh, relationships and what she's had to go through. Really unfortunate, um, but it's something that I've said many, many times that, you know, it's hard for men to be with a woman who is either equally as successful or confident as he is um, or more. So, I mean, a lot of men always state that, you know, I want an independent woman, I want a woman who's got her own thing, and they Uh write songs about it. But um, it's really hard for them to actually, in reality, deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, you know, they say these things, but they really don't want that because it, it, it plays into their manhood. It plays into a lot of different things. And, and the ones who say, well, I don't care, I don't mind, well, you know, you can count them on your hand so they really don't count. Right. So, um, the, I mean, but I agree with a lot of the things that, you know, she had to say about um, the hardship of um, a rela- of finding someone. 
And, of course, you had to ask that question that gnaws at, <laughs> at women who have, you know, any kind of strength about herself and who's single yeah. by choice is, why are you single? What's wrong with you? Kind of a thing. And, and that's what mm-hmm. we hear when you say that is what's that's wrong with you? That's a tough question. It is a tough question because no one asks that of men. Mm-mm. And even when you ask that, it's like a rhetorical question. <laughs> so you say, well, why, aren't you, why are you single? And he's like, well, duh, because I'm happy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so no one questions that. And, and, and it's okay. And it's like high five or whatever. But um, so anyway, so it was, it was interesting to hear what she had to say regarding um, that and regarding, you know, being abstinent. And there's a ways of, like, um, being abstinent without actually saying, this is what I'm doing, I'm not having sex. I mean, some women are just saying, look, I'm just going to wait until I find the right guy. Mm-hmm. And the byproduct of that means, okay, that means, like, yes, I'm abstinent. I'm not going to screw around with a bunch of idiots until, you know, I give it to the one that I actually want to be with. And then maybe 30 years late, but there it is. <laughs> so, right. But, um, but anyway, um, interesting, uh, good show. Um, I actually wanted to talk to her more about some of the law stuff, but um but you know, Eminem came in and Eminem <laughs> 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 was actually a little milder than I expected. I, he I was, was, he was. But she I picked was up waiting. on him quickly. She picked up oh, on him yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So yeah. that's the game. Recognized game. Any, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that any woman in the sex trade of any level knows a pimp when they see one or hear <laughs> one. It's just so. Easy to recognize. So anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, good, uh, good show. And um, sorry, I won't be joining you tomorrow night. But you know, with with Calvin, uh, you know, I know you've read what he had to say about it, and I really do think that once you get into a place of, um, you know, he, he used the word peace. You know, he's at peace with what, what his decision. But I think that you, you know, you get to a point. I mean, we all know that football, being a football player is not an easy sport. I mean, especially if you're good at it. I mean, you tend to get hurt. And you want to get out before you're dead or before you're literally dead. I mean, you know, you are like, um, you can't function. Or you're dealing with other illnesses that don't allow you to function. So, you know, why not get out and say thank you for, you know, obviously he was smart about, you know, his finances or whatever. And so and he made reference to that. So, you know, get out and let's do something else. I mean, while you're still young enough to do it and still have the capacity. So I think, you know, that's really a smart move on his part and probably many other um, guy, it's hard to getting out while you can't and still be happy about it and still be, you know, iconic in what you've done. So hopefully you won't come back two years later and go, I want to play again. So. Yeah, hopefully not because, you know, you right. take that time off and then you're 32 years old and it's, that's when you really have to be worried about being hurt. Yeah. So, so anyway, so it's good for him and, um, has nothing to do with Detroit, but maybe I will say that maybe Detroit says, 
you know, you come to the Detroit area, it's more area than what a lot of people think of, as you were saying about Mississippi, but um, there's a lot of areas around here of suburbia that makes you go, you know what, I'm chilling. <laughs> right. And I just want to chill because this is great. I just want to, you know, buy my big home and have like, this beautiful house and live in the suburbia and then still kind of, you know, chill out in the metro. So you kind of have both worlds. It's really cool. So. Okay. So good for him. Uh, thanks, Crystal. And next time I get um, Miss Swinney on, then I'll be sure to try to make sure you can get your questions in as far as um, the legal side of things. And hopefully I can get her back on pretty soon, maybe uh, sometime before the summer. And, you uh, ask around on a date. That's what you do. Stop dicking around, man. <laughs> <laughs> Buck, shut it down, man. I just got put on a spot on national radio show. Damn. <laughs> now, now, now she done, she done fucked me up. Now I don't know how to follow that. Now it's hard to follow damn Crystal. Cause I'm, she's trying to get your ass dated up here. But anyway, it was great. It was great to have Miss Sweeney on because I think she's a perfect example of, you know. You know, how did this, you know, have the motivation, have the, the will to, you know, persevere and, you know, get it done. And, you know, it's really good to see, you know, the businesses that she has. You know, she should be an inspiration, not only to other women, but also some guys, too, as far yeah. as, you know, getting it done and being able to do, you know, what you're doing. Because I'm, I'm embarking on that journey of, you know, trying to put my business together right now. And it's not an easy task. Um, but it's something that I've always wanted to do to own my own business, and that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. So it's just really good to hear, you know, the knowledge, of, you know, that she, you know, put out there. I mean, you may have you may have to do some things you may not want to do, but if you get out there and get, you know, you persevere and you got a goal in mind, and you know what you're trying to reach, and just go out there and get out there and get it, you know, you you know you will succeed. And she's a prime example of succeeding. So it's good, glad to have her on. And uh, hopefully next time, you know, I did ask her a long question, and it was a great, uh, you know, great answer that she gave on it because, you know, that's something that, you know, unfortunately that a lot of Americans have to deal with. And family law is very, very uh, hard to deal with from time to time. So glad to have her on and glad that she gave me that uh, explanation on that, you know, answer on that question. As far as, um, as far as, um, the rest of the show was really good as well. Um, I was able to, you know, be a part of it as well. And, you know, as far as these presidential candidates is concerned, it's really going to be, <laughs> it's really going to be interesting down the stretch. But uh, right now, you know, I think the way things are right now, I think Hillary Clinton probably would be the next president of the United States. Um, but the, what we really, really, really need to pay attention during these elections. We don't need to just look at the presidency. We really need to take a look at who we who we have in the House and the Senate. House of Representatives and who we have in the Senate. These are the people that are causing a lot of the problems that we have in this nation right now. Um, we do need to have a good uh, head of state that has his, head on straight, his or her head on straight, but we also need to make sure that we have somebody that in the, the the people that are running the House representatives in the Senate, we need to have people that can can unify, so we can get some things get some things done in this country. Um, I'm not a fan of Obamacare. I, I think it's a great idea, but I think it needs to be tweaked some 
So, therefore, we should not be penalized and, you know, taking away tax money. But that's money that should be, you know, stimulating the economy. The economy. We shouldn't be penalized. If it's a choice, then we should choose to have it or choose not to have it. But if you want everybody to have it, it should be affordable. You shouldn't, you know, a lot of people that can't afford insurance are paying three and four hundred dollars, three and four hundred dollars a month for insurance. Okay, well, they're making ten dollars an hour. Well, something got to give there. Where you got a place you rent in, a place you place you're buying, or you know you on a sing, you know, single income household or whatever. And those are things that well, we need to make some tweaks. So the uh, the other place we need to make tweaks on is the hospitals, the hospital system. Um, shouldn't when you get your hospital bill if you go in there for an emergency room or anything like that, and you paying three and four hundred dollars for an aspirin that only takes five or ten cents to make. You know, let's look at the insurance. You know, the insurance companies running these pill manufacturers are running things. So no you know, doubt. that's what we need to make some. That's what we need to make some changes also. So whoever the whoever the next president is, and whoever we elect as House representatives or senators in our in our areas. Those are things that we need to bring to the table while we're talking to these presidents when they come to your areas, when they come to Pensacola, when they come to Jackson, Mississippi, when they come to Detroit, Michigan. When they, you know, this is the time that we need to go to these places, go to these, you know, go to these functions and ask these questions on how they're going to fix this, how they're going to fix this. So we need to start putting our thinking caps on and start paying attention to these debates. So when they come to your area, you can ask these questions and see if they got some viable answers for them. So, you know, that's what, you know, we need to really kind of look at those things. You got to look at the people that are running, you know, running things in our own states too, because those are the really the rules we live by. But these are kind of questions, problem questions we need to be asking these presidential candidates in the, in the event that you go to one of these, um, go to one of these debates or, or go to, you know, when they're going to speak or what have you. But other than that, Great show as always, and hopefully that'll be some food for thought for people that are listening out there. And everybody have a great night. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And Crystal, I know you said Imitation of Life is one of your favorite movies, right? Yes, it is. The lady that played Annie Johnson, um, Juanita Moore. You familiar with her? What was the name? Her um that her name in the movie was Annie Johnson, but her real name is Juanita Moore. Okay. Oh, I didn't know if you remembered her or not, but I just came across something and um saw that she was um born in Mississippi, in Greenwood, Mississippi. I just stumbled across the information. Didn't know if you were familiar with her or not. I've never seen the movie. Um, it's something that I've wanted to see because I know you brought okay, it up. One, there's two different, just two different ones. Um, there is the one that was done in 19, um, I think in like 1930s, and then there was one that was done in 1959. Yeah, the one I'm talking about is 1959. I wasn't aware of the other one. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's enough one. But Juanita uh, Moore, yeah, she was uh, amazing in that uh, movie, and... I, but yeah, she was. She was nominated. I'm looking at her on Google now. She was nominated for an American uh, Academy Award, which she definitely should have been. It was a, a really great role. And I okay. actually like the remake of the movie better than the original. I was going to ask the you. the original was very good. I'm yeah, the one with her. Lana Turner is the one with Winita Moore, and it's just an amazing uh, movie. She died at 99 years old. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. I'm going to try to watch that one day because uh, it kind of piqued my interest in it. And I came across her and realized she was from the Magnolia State. And I said, now nah, I kind of want to see it. And she got an Oscar nomination. So, yeah, I definitely want to see it. Okay, she has to be from the Magnolia State in order for you to want to see it. I mean, this is like an amazing fucking classic. I said that, that added to it. <laughs> I said, you piqued my interest. Okay. And what because is I'm supposed the to have a list, list of movies. Of black movies that you have not watched. You only Look, have watched a few movies. So I, I, you I need watched to watch two of the recommended you know, movies. I, I enjoyed uh, what was the one with Lorenz Tate? Uh and Neil Long. Oh, um Love Jones. Love Jones, yeah. I enjoyed Love Jones. I actually yeah, I enjoyed question. Baby Boy a little bit more than I thought I was going to, even though it was kind of frustration frustrating watching them. <laughs> perpetuate what's wrong with black people. Um, but, yeah, you got to send me an up-to-date list, Crystal. You you got to send me an update-to-date list so I can... Well, speaking of Lorenz Tate, have you seen Minutes of Society? You've seen that, right? Like bits and pieces? Yep. I've never seen all of it in its entirety. Oh, my God! Old yeah, dog! You know, I, know. I, know. I can't believe you can't see Society, man. You got to peep that out, man. That's man, I, I, promise no. you, I, was, I was just, I was doing other things, man. I just, you, were you doing know, other things. yeah, I was like, doing other things. <laughs> like what? Uh, <laughs> I, oh, you I mean, what year did Minister Society come out? That was 1993. I was in my senior year. Oh my in God, like, yeah, a fucking million years ago. Okay, what the I, hell? I was in my senior year in college. I was um I was like jamming on eight ball and MJG and hitting Club Inez and man, I wasn't watching I didn't watch a lot of movies. And so I mean later I know on, motherfuckers I, who don't watch movies, they watch those movies simply because they're black. Well, and then see, they then watch him and go, "Oh my God, I can't believe this!" I eventually is got my TV. own. When I eventually got my own place, I started renting a lot of movies, and that was one of them I rented. But I was working like three jobs at the time, and I was not making it through movies. I had a full time and two parts, and all of them were Monday through Friday because I wanted weekends off. So I'm working like from five forty-five in the morning until midnight. You know, a lot of nights during the week, and man, I tried, I just couldn't do it. You see school days. Right. You've seen school days. You've seen, you've seen yes. some of the Spike movies. I saw school okay. days before I went to college, and I was very disappointed when I got to college that it wasn't like that. Uh, <laughs> I was in college when I saw that movie. What the hell? Really? <laughs> so, hey, we're coming, and um, I have you know today is the 25th anniversary of uh, New Jack City. Oh, so. my God. I was going to that. The 25th anniversary of Mario Van Peebles, Wesley Snipes, Ice-T, Judd Nelson, and many, many more. One of my favorites. A classic. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned New Jack City because I actually saw New Jack City last week. Um, New Jack City is one of those movies you can just see. And it's amazing. I mean, it's a classic because a lot of guys, really weren't on the map that well other than Wesley Snipes. And oh. really, that was kind of a crowning moment for him because right. after that after that movie right there, I mean, Wesley Snipes went on a tear of movies after that. Um, Mario Van Peebles kind of broke out the shell a little bit on that too. Parks, 
I mean, there's a lot of people in there. Ice, Ice T, you know, he'd been in a few movies up to that point, but you know, to see him right. play what he played in that movie, I mean, I don't think if it wasn't for that role for Ice T, I don't think he would have made it to like Law and Order or some of these other ones he's been in since Probably then. Not. That was a that was a crowning that was a crowning achievement for a lot of stars in that movie. That was, a, I mean, crowning exactly. Exactly. I think the, so um, some of that is why you should watch certain of these types of movies, right? Because they were the beginning stages of a lot of these classic stars who are out now who are amazing. And what when you know, I mean, all of I mean, it's just like how can you not see these movies? I mean, come on. I can say I just you know at, over time you just forget, and uh, you oh, know if someone okay. brings it up. When people bring it up, it's like, oh man, I really need to see that. And so, but that's why I have you, Crystal. You're supposed to be be giving me all the black movies that I never missed, that I ever missed. And for those out there, I mean, it's not that I just avoid movies because of black people in them. I've missed a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. White, black, Hispanic, it didn't matter. In the '90s, I was working and I was clubbing, and 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 Buck can attest for that. I worked very hard. I did like 60 hours a week. But then I got my club on Wednesday through through Sunday a lot of a lot of times. So, um, but yeah, I was going to school and I was clubbing too. But I watched all those movies. So. <laughs> we were blowing up the clubs, Jack. I mean, Wednesday through Saturday. He's not over exaggerating when he say Wednesday through Saturday. It was probably more so me than him because I can tell you. Yeah, I, mean, I when we went Fridays. I mean, for me. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. It was it was out of the club at least them nights, damn near every night. And I don't know. And I was working two jobs, so it was I ain't going to school. So it was pretty wild for me too. But I ain't missed too many movies back then either. So exactly. Hello. <laughs> Man, I was falling asleep in movies. So, oh my god! But, yeah. See, I would never take someone to the movies who fell asleep. You fall asleep once with me, you will never. Go to the movies with me again. Battlefield it would just Earth, never happen. Battlefield Earth was a horrible movie. So yeah, that, that was, what? Oh well, that yeah. Was, uh, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> you could sleep in that one. That was one of the, Earth you know, a horrible movie. That was not one of John Travolta's best. I can tell you that. No, no. Nah. I only watched it because of John Travolta, and I was high off a of Face Off at the time, so uh, I was anxious to see him in anything. And, and, and you know, if you want to see Battlefield Earth, make sure you go ahead and roll up your favorite joint and get your favorite cocktail, because you're gonna need to be high to watch it. <laughs> no and doubt. Wrong, no doubt. So, all right. So yeah, Krista, I'll be waiting on my list. Thank you very much. You're doing a great. What you're doing is great for um society. Trust me. Society is better <laughs> off with me seeing these movies. Yeah. <laughs> You're better off. Society is fine. We've already seen it. <laughs> but me, you know, applying it to, like, real-life situations, you know, because, I mean, I've talked so much about guns and butter in real life, it's not even funny. Hello! <laughs> Hello! And you don't even know the, where it comes from, man. I mean, you have so, to have that image in your head. No, I saw that. Well, I saw that. I saw Baby Boy, so that was one of your recommended movies. So it made sense yeah. to me after I saw it. Exactly. 
Okay, everyone. Appreciate y'all hanging out with me. And we'll do it again. Zone coverage tomorrow. And uh, have some podcasts. Like I said, I'm going to be out of town next week. Um, but I'll come back live on March the 22nd. And in the meantime, I will leave you all with some podcasts um, next week to have you something to be entertained with while I am away. And then we'll continue with Season 5 of the Talk to Q Radio Show going forward. And um, I don't anticipate um, any guests probably for the rest of the month. And really, I don't have anyone scheduled for, for April either. Uh, I'll probably have Mary LaBelle come back in May along with Susie the Single Dating Diva. Get Jay Mayo back in for year five um, right before the summer. So the summer, you might see some people sprinkling in. But I just want to keep the focus between me and the callers, and uh, we'll go from there. So thank you all for joining. Eminem had to drop off. Thanks to everyone who listened to tonight's Talk to Q radio show. Again, the show can be heard every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to talktoq.com to get more information. There's a calendar there. You can sign up for the email newsletter and get updates on the day of shows to figure out what's going on. And uh, follow me on Twitter at talk to q and I'm on Facebook under Thank You. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get.